Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dr. Carol Francis Talk Radio Show. Let's make life happen together with authors, scientists, researchers, both inside the box and outside the box of understanding so that you can live a life full of your success, curiosity, enjoyment, happiness, and richness of life in every respect. Let's go beyond our limits. Let's help others go beyond their limits as well. Welcome. Let's go all the way beyond our limits to the Akashic Records. And if you haven't heard about them, Barbara Schiffman is about to enlighten you so that not only can you understand what Akashic Records are, but what your Akashic Records contain. So let me ask you six questions. One, would you like to easily access your own soul wisdom for more guidance, direction, and clarity? Two, Would you like to move forward more joyfully and confidently on your life's unique path? Three, would you like to feel more balanced, centered, and energized every day? Four, would you like to be more connected to everyone and everything? Five, would you like to build the courage to take your leap of faith? And six, would you like to learn new ways to blend ancient wisdom plus modern scientific principles to evolve your whole life? Guess where these six questions came from? They came from Barbara Schiffman's uh, website, and she is a life and soul coach, an author, and a speaker. Barbara Schiffman, I'm so glad you can join us. Welcome. Thank you, Carol. I'm really excited to be here. Tell us first a website that these individuals, while listening, can tune into or look at so they can understand uh, what it is you are about. They can look at my website at Your Life and Soul. Dot com all spelled out your life and soul they can also reach it through my name barbara schiffman and schiffman is s c h i f f like frank m a n barbara schiffman.com beautiful and .net as well so and, barbara and dot net. Given, <laughs> and dot net right so uh, barbara schiffman those six questions came from your website because, I, and they it seems to promise that these are things that individuals can examine by going to their Akashic records. Am I understanding correctly first? Generally, yes. My work includes working in the Akashic records plus using other ancient tools in new ways for life and soul balance as I look at it. And I don't see the two as disconnected. I see them as very synergistically intertwined. So by working with or in the Akashic Records is one way to get that soul's point of view while having a human experience. And I also work with other tools, hypnosis, the four elements, breakthrough coaching techniques, all of the above, which are all part of moving forward more joyfully and easily in our everyday lives, which is really where it counts. Plus, you offer past life healing tools and mastermind groups, just to name a few others as well. You also have a life living in balance and grief recovery. I just You have a lot of resources here on your site. And today we're going to now move back and limit ourselves to Akashic Records. Well, tell us what Akashic Records are, those of us that have never even heard of this term. I, I'm happy to do that. In a nutshell, the Akashic Records are the vibrational dimension of our soul's journeys through all lifetimes. So many people who are familiar, to some degree at least, with what that label of Akashic Records means, and I'll, I'll share a little more about 
that is a label and other labels that talk about the same thing. You know, it's like our book of life. That's one way that what we think of as the Akashic Records is referred to in all the major religions as the book of life or God's book of life where what's happening in our life is recorded within it. But it's all vibrational versus every single thing we do every moment of the day from the time we wake up through the time we go to bed and even our dreams. You know, that would be that would be an interesting way to do it, but it would take up a lot of space, so it's all vibrational. And it's about the essence of things, even more than the details and the patterns of things. So I think of it as the soul level of living from our soul's point of view, as opposed to just our human point of view. And for me, that sometimes feels like being in stereo all at the same time, getting that soul point of view while having a human experience, which sometimes things look different from the human than they do from the soul. I know that you are a reader, a researcher, that you are a student, and I am curious, before we go into more detail with the Akashic Record, what are three major offers that impacted you to go and examine and study the, the whole process of visiting Akashic Records and, and, and reading the Akashic Records? What are three authors that had such impact on you that you said, you know, I have to truly understand what this resource of the Akashic Records are all about? Great question, Carol. Well, first of all, Edgar Casey. A lot of people have heard the term Akashic Records and, and are familiar with the work of Edgar Casey, who was called the Sleeping Prophet. He was a mystic, a medical intuitive, a psychic who was working actively in deep hypnotic trance. So everything he said while he was in trance was transcribed, written down by his secretary from 1901 to 1945 when he died. So that was over 100 years ago he started his work, and he said he was getting his information from the Akashic Records. That's actually in a transcript from a film that his foundation, the ARE Foundation, produced. It's on YouTube, and I recently looked that up for something I, w I was checking out, and he actually said that's where he got his information. So when people want to access what he accessed, they look for what we call the Akashic Records. And there are books written about him f through his foundation, many of them, because it's a wealth of resources on all types of metaphysical tools and insights. And there's a book that the head of his foundation, Kevin Todeshi, wrote on Edgar Casey and the Akashic Records, which takes transcripts from his work, you know, and does a little explanation about it, but not really a how-to of working in the records. I found the how-to became available to me in 2009 when a book called How to Read the Akashic Records was published by the woman who's become my teacher and mentor, Linda Howe. And how to read the Akashic Records is both a what are the Akashic Records and a how to actually work with them using a vibrational prayer, much easier than going into hypnosis, much quicker. And that's the process I now use and teach. I've done past life regression work in hypnosis. I'm also trained in a process called Soul Keys Hypnosis, which I've just been starting to work with. And those are more hypnosis processes 
um, of working in past lives and a bit in other areas of the Akashic Records through the soul keys. But Linda Howe's pathway prayer process is the fastest, simplest, and for me, most powerful way to access them quickly and easily and consistently. And she's been my main inspiration, mentor, teacher, and I continue working with her as part of her teaching team, being little seed planters wherever we can to help other people learn how to do this for themselves. The third author is um, Irvin Laszlo. He's a um, scientist who's written about the Akashic field, which is what some of the quantum physicists call, also call the quantum field. And it's all the same stuff. It's that energy that connects us all that the quantum physicists are now identifying through quantum physics and sometimes they, they act like this is a new thing, but it's always been there. Carl Jung also talked about the Akashic Records as the collective unconscious or the collective consciousness. So that's another term for the same stuff, that soul dimension. So those are some of the authors that have influenced me the most about it, and I'm really grateful they paved the way since now more people are starting to be interested in the records through each of us doing our part in making that more familiar and available because it's always there. That's a beautiful introduction to, to, to writings and readings that anybody can access. There's one that I'd like to add to that, everybody, and that's the book written by Barbara Schiffman herself. And it's called The Akashic Muse. <laughs> and the Collaborating with Your Soul and the Akashic Records for Writing and Other Creative Endeavors. Let me do that again. The Akashic Muse. And where is this accessible for our listeners, Barbara? Currently, people can get it through the e-store on my website at yourlifeandsoul.com. It will soon be up, hopefully by the end of this month, as both an e-book and print-on-demand on Amazon. And I'm also going to be creating the audio version, especially since there are guided exercises, guided meditation exercises that go with it that are currently mm-hmm. available as downloads when people purchase the book. Oh, that's wonderful. So the Akashic News. And folks, that's probably going to be available by May 2014. So perhaps those that are listening live will actually be able to go to their computers right now to Amazon.com and look for the Akashic Muse. So Barbara, I'm glad to see that you have written your own take on what's going on. Let's give our listeners kind of an experience of what it might be like to um, ponder or wander into the Akashic Records. I know my own experiences initially were you know, amusing, uh, but interesting, intriguing, but they didn't really capture me uh, solely and completely until one uh, amazing moment and one amazing travel to the Akashic Records that has, has had such lingering and continual profound impact on me. Um, so that I would encourage all the listeners to um, journey in simply and then profoundly into the Akashic Records. But what are some metaphors, Barbara, that we could possibly help our listeners think about, uh, such as a library or a collective uh, terabyte drive? Or I know you mentioned vibrational, but what are some metaphors that seem to work for our unconscious or our archetypal thinking that, that people can kind of think about or imagine as they contemplate traveling into their Akashic Records? Well, the computer cloud that everyone is 
putting all of our files on in some way mm -hmm. is a great analogy. And there's a, a, another author I can share related to that, Robert Cheney, who wrote a book in 1996 called Akashic Records, Past Lives and New Directions. And I mean, that was you know, almost 20 years ago before other people were writing so actively about this this uh, dimensional arena that we can we can tap into that's that again just to codify that is is similar to where our memories reside where our dreams reside where our imagination is you know those are all intangible vibrational dimensions and so are the akashic records which is where everything we think feel hear say do and probably more gets vibrationally recorded while it's happening so it's like the cosmic cloud where everything's getting recorded. And Robert Cheney talks in computer terms all about the Akashic Records in, in that book, which is a very small, easy-to-read book. And, and Linda Howe has mentioned that's one of her favorites as well. So that's one that has a great analogy. It's also mm -hmm. like being in that space of a library. Many people have done meditations on that. There's meditations in many different meditation books. Uh, and a lot of people who do hypnosis work use meditation to get into the, the records, another way to do that beyond the way that I use. There are five or six different ways people have said they feel like they're accessing the records. And uh, guided meditation going into a library is a very common metaphor. That hall of records, that library of all of our souls where each of us is a book on the shelf, and I actually have a few Akashic students who, when they've opened their records with Linda Howe's Pathway Prayer, have seen a book and opened the book and get information from the book. Not all of us get a book. I actually get a library space when I go into that inner world, inner space. But I don't go on the shelves. I actually am interfacing with what I think of as my Akashic team, and I hear things and see things and feel things and sometimes even get aromas. So for those of us who are multi-sensory processors, we may get multi-sensory experiences. For those who are visual, they may get words or pictures. For those who are auditory, they may get hearing. For those who are more kinesthetic, they may get physical sensations. I get those as well. And for those who are just knowers, like my teacher Linda Howe, she just gets a knowing. She doesn't get all the bells and whistles that many of her students get, and she's a little envious, she said, of some of us who do get mm -hmm. that. Cause it's just nice sensations and confirmation that something different than our normal beta state is happening because we're really going into that alpha state, that right brain state, just like we do in hypnosis. Do you think that there is a similarity or a crossover between people who do psychic readings or mediumship or astral projection or remote viewing or uh, have that uh, sense of knowingness, as you mentioned, that gets them to the place where they're doing criminal investigation readings or predictions prophetically? I mean, is there a crossover? Are we accessing the Akashic during those times? Or, there, or is it like a, a specific arena of information and then there are other arenas of information, or do you have a sense of any of that yet? Well, absolutely, and, and it, there, it's like a, a Venn diagram. You know how you have a lot of different circles, and then they all cross in the middle? Yes. <laughs> you know, so that middle part is kind of where the records are, and then each of them has their own separate 
gifts, talents, aspects, frequencies. Things that relate to this lifetime are more in the realm of what most people who do psychic or intuitive work are accessing. And the way I think of it, again, this is all metaphor for vibrational frequency, wavelength, intangible energy. So we're, we're making it in human terms so we can relate to it. It's like one bookshelf or one you know, corner with several bookshelves in the whole library is where that intuitive stuff tends to reside. And actually when I teach this, and in Linda Howe's book, How to Read the Akashic Records, there's an exercise that lets us take a question into our intuition, however we access that with spirit guides, angels, just posing a question in our mind, whatever it is, and see what information we get from that inner guidance system. And then opening the records, however we do that, and then taking it there. And there are great similarities, but there's also qualitative differences. And I love when my students relate what that is, because some of them have said that the intuition gives us the what. The records gives, and sometimes the how. The records give us the why. So we're taking that higher perspective. And I've had that come up a lot in my lives when things come up that I just, I'm not sure why they're happening to me or, you know, from the New Age guilt perspective as I've come to think of it, why I've created it in my life. And I get a different point of view, and that's where the value can be. So the intuition, the psychic part of things, is definitely within that space, but it's not all of it. And having a sense of that, and I get that confirmed by many of my students who work very actively and are experts in psychic work, intuitive work, mediumship, working with angels, all of those other ways of of working in this big Akashic or quantum field in the collective consciousness. And each of those tools is valuable. We don't want to compare them or throw any of them out. We want to be able to use them all and expand into this area where we're able to live from the soul's point of view more actively in our lives every day, even when we haven't done a ritual or ceremony to help us listen better, which is really what all these things we do to access them is about. And whatever tool works for someone is what they should use. It's different tools for different people. You mentioned remote viewing and and some other things, and many people have said, or feel they access what they would label as the Akashic Records through remote viewing, meditation, definitely hypnosis, shamanic rituals, just, you know, all of those things. And they're all valid. They're just different doors into the same space is how I think of it. Yeah, it's well said. Well, you know, Barbara, you do this on behalf of other people, right? You you help them read their records or... Or is it you help them go into their records? Because I know that different Akashic readers or Akashic record uh, consultants, so to speak, kind of approach this differently. And so what is, what is your specific approach or approaches, and, and why? Why did you elect your approach? Well, great question. Um, the way I do it, I do readings for other people where I open their records, and my job, I've been... <laughs> told by my records, very cosmic profound job, I'm pipeline cleaner and stretcher and tour guide. 
<laughs> Those oh. are my cosmic jobs, and I actually love <laughs> doing again, your, them. Your pipeline, what is that again? Your pipeline, pipeline cleaner. I'm like a pipe okay. cleaner. The, the okay. pipeline <laughs> where the soul energy flows to us all the time. It's, it's flowing through me while I'm talking to you, flowing through you while we're talking to me, while we're expressing in our life every minute of every day. Our soul mm-hmm. is guiding and expressing us, that divine individuated part of what I think of as the big soul pool in the sky that we're all part of. And it's expressing through me, recording this life, this story, through my eyes as cameras, my ears as microphones, you know, and sometimes speaking out my mouth as speaker. And and when I can trust that that's the case, I doubt what I'm getting less, which is what we're all working on is not doubting what we get and think we're making it up and it's not good enough because it's not mm. profound enough sometimes is, is what people run up against. And so we're, we're working on that all the time. And for me, when I read for other people, I use the pathway prayer, which is a very short but really amazingly powerful vibrational prayer. At least it works for me. It's my key for now anyway. And I... And their name is in the prayer. I use the person's full legal name as part of it. It's like the the title on their cosmic file in the cosmic Internet to open that space. And then I tune in and I share what I get verbatim. I don't interpret it. I don't say this means that because I think it should. I let them get their own interpretations, but I share what I am told to share and ask questions often so that they can listen to their answers. Because sometimes that's what's needed. When I work in my own records, I open it for myself and I go in and I ask questions, pose problems, and then I write down what I get. It's almost like automatic writing so I can capture it all. And for me, noticing after I've written what I write and go back and read it, the phraseology, the words that are not my normal coaching words, my normal counseling words, my normal everyday words that are just different than what I would come up with. And I know that's not from my puny little ego, and I say that ironically, but okay. um, you know, it's from that bigger wisdom space that we are all connected to and hopefully all tuning into more often as we're collectively moving into that higher octave of consciousness. This is the conscious evolution stuff. So that's that's how it works for me when I'm reading for myself. And when I'm reading for others, I'm speaking it to them. It's all in the conversation. It's not that I go into their records, write things down, and send them an email. Because it's the conversation, uh, the words on which the energy flows. And the energy shifts to the aligning with the soul level just by tuning in. That's the absolute beauty of the process, no matter which tool you use. You know, now, now you become, in a sense, a guide to the Akashic. Uh, you, you read it for them or you translate it for them uh, prior to the time that they can start reading it for themselves. When, when you notice someone being ready to read it for themselves, what are the things that you pick up on that say, okay, they're, they are beginning to be able to shift themselves to hear their own information. I'm no longer their uh, interpreter or channeling their information from the Akashics. I am now going to walk them into their own chamber. They themselves are going to read or read their own data, their own books. Uh, when, when, what, what's that shift that you notice between uh, those two 
phases, so to speak, of becoming an Akashic reader? Mainly they want to. They want to get it directly, which is what I love. I love doing readings for other people. I get the spillover energy, and it's blissful. So it's a very selfish privilege. It's actually a profound privilege to work in other people's records. And it's selfish because I get the spillover energy, which tunes me up every single time and helps me hear things from new perspectives that are helpful to me when I'm sharing what I'm given with the person I'm reading with. But when they want to get it directly so that they can tune in whenever they want, and since in in the pathway prayer process, it literally takes two minutes to open the records. It is not as as long or um, sometimes challenging for some people a process as going into hypnosis or shamanic rituals or other tools. That's why I love it. And since the tools for us to work with the records are becoming easier and more accessible as more people are being called to work with their own soul, since we each are breathing on this planet, we each have a birthright to tune into our soul. It's not something you have to be special for. Because we're more spiritually mature, as Linda Howe talks about it, than we were 100 years ago collectively as a humanity. So more people are being called to want to read their own. So when they call me and they want to come to my classes, either an intro class that I do, which is one evening, or a weekend class where you actually get meet your records and then get to work in your own records and with others and even with non-humans uh, over the course of one weekend and do some past life work or do some healing in the records, another way I teach it through Linda Howe's work where we do some emotional and spiritual um, for lack of a better term, and it's not this hard roto-rootering, to make space, mm-hmm. to free things up, to look at patterns, which is what we're looking at in the record. Patterns of this lifetime, because usually things come up over and over again, maybe with different people or in different parts of lives, but there's patterns we can identify better when we're taking a higher point of view on it than sometimes when we're down in the trenches and it's just what's happening right now. Um, and through past lives. And when it's past has past life influences, that comes up as a piece of the process. And it's usually more than one past life. It's like a photo album. So that gives us a way to work with those. And people want to. Getting over the doubt factor, as, as Linda talks about it, the judgment, resistance, and fear, which we are wired up to do as humans, is the biggest hurdle. So when we can judge a little less what we get, you know, and resist it a little less or fear that it's going to be bad or painful or suffering, you know, it's easier to be open and and to allow that energy to flow and then to shift what's happening in our everyday life because more peace can flow. And I've experienced that personally, especially when I've had some challenges, which I've especially had over the last few years, and I've had some profound experiences getting perspective in the records that's shifted how I'm being so that what I'm doing in response to those challenges is different than when I'm looking at it as a bad thing happening to me. So that's that's one of the benefits of working in your own records. You actually can feel that shift more quickly, although just in getting a reading from someone else who is, you know, um, 
grounded in this because it's a very grounding process. It's not a floating away kind of energy. It's being grounded and uplifted at the same time. And when people are doing that for others, the benefit is that they are both grounded and uplifted so they can help whoever they're reading for get that as well and mirror their soul to them, mirror how wonderful and whole, complete, and good they are at the soul level so they can see, see maybe, or feel, or receive more of that energy after the reading. So it's, it's, it works both ways. When they want to do it for themselves, it's time for them to give it a try. If they don't want to do it for themselves, being able to help give them guidance or support as a counselor, reader, practitioner, whatever the words are, is a privilege. So that's how I look at it. Beautifully said. I know that you have a class um, that you will be providing for a weekend, and it's this April 2014, the 25th through the 27th. For those of you that are listening live or somewhere in between now and that date, it's in Burbank, California. And it is a transformational weekend for spiritual and emotional healing that will help you resolve, release, and evolve your sacred wounds through the Akashic reading process. You know, I know, Barbara, we spoke uh, prior to this that would you give us a um, demonstration of sorts, and you've had an interesting reaction to that. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me what your reaction was so the listeners will understand our next phase of what we're going to do. Well, interestingly, you know, some people who are mediums or or psychics sometimes, you know, will do spot readings, you know, like John Edwards in the room or whatever. And Linda Howe really has this perspective, and I find it's valid, is that working in the records is not an entertainment. And I don't do readings with people I can't see or don't know and don't have a connection with. And it's not messages from the dead or messages from your angel. It's more of an energy shift and an energy flow process. Again, I'm stretching the pipeline for someone. So I don't do that on the radio, although I've opened the records for groups when I've spoken to groups, but it's not for individuals. It's whatever the energy of that group in the records would like to share with the entire group. So that's how I treat it. And so it's an interesting way of looking at things that's different than some psychics who are more comfortable doing spot readings for people or readings on the radio. But that's more of a psychic process than an Akashic Records process. And and so, Barbara, just for, you know, point of reference, um, you know, I I do do Akashic readings on my spiritual readings radio channel Mm -hmm. as well as I'm doing it in person in June um, 2014 as well. So when I heard you say that, I, I had to really reflect, okay, now what is it that I'm doing and why would I approach it differently than Barbara? Because I think it's worthy to always consider people's um, constraints or perspectives as we refine and really reflect on what it is we provide for others. And I've had wonderful experiences doing Akashic readings for others, and I think it's that overflow of energy that you talked about that's just wonderful to to, to share in, to bask in, uh, that comes from uh, being able to do a reading for other people. So while I know you're not going to give us a direct reading on this, can you give us examples that you're comfortable with without violating anybody's privacy or confidentiality, because I so respect that, 
uh, examples of doing either readings for yourself or for others that can give individuals kind of a feel for what they can learn from you on weekends like this or other Akashic readings that they might access through you or that they might experience themselves. Can you give us some examples? I will, and and if there's time today, I'll let you determine this. I would love to hear what process you use and how that is for you, and and kind of play with that. Because again, it's, there's no one size fits all. Everyone is drawn to the key into this soul space that is right for them. That's the beauty of working in the records. Unlike some other modalities where it you know one size should you know is designed to fit all, and if it doesn't fit you, then it's not a modality for you, and that doesn't seem to be the case in Akashic Records work. And like Reiki, I'll just detour a tiny bit here, you know, when Reiki first started being available to people, nobody except those who were drawn to learn it and use it knew what it was. People would say, what's that? Now, I hear people refer to energy healing, of which there are thousands of different modalities, all of which have validity and their value and and particular use. Um, Everything gets called Reiki or energy healing. It's like Xerox or Kleenex. So I've noticed (laughs) 2009 when when Linda Howe's book literally came to me um, via the Internet, I had been taught a different prayer Similar process, but another prayer, actually a prayer, same prayer I think Linda Howe had worked with many years ago until the teacher who was in charge of the prayer, at least this is how I've heard her tell it, changed the prayer and told everybody to stop using the old prayer, start using the new prayer, and it didn't work for her. It was like the lock had been changed and she still had the old key. And then in in 2011, several days, we think on... um, as she's remembered it, on September 9th, 2011. Um, She was in meditation. She wasn't working in the records actively uh, at that moment, but she was meditating, which she did. She was trained in shamanic work and meditation and all in addition to the records, and she was meditating. And she heard the words, write this down, and she did. And she wrote down what is the pathway prayer, which is in her book, it's available on the Internet if you Google it. I mean, there, there's a technique to using it potently, but it's not hidden anymore. And um, she wrote it down, and that started working for her in a whole new way. And that's her process and what she teaches. And for me, it became the new key because I had gone through between when I got trained in the other prayer in 2004, I believe it was, 2004, 2005, not later than that, went through a whole weekend, slept through. Every time we opened the records, I went to sleep. Like deep hypnosis, like Edgar Cayce, didn't remember a thing. Everyone else was having all of these great experiences. I was so envious. But I went through the whole weekend, hoping it would shift, and then said, okay, not the right thing for me at this time. But then I got drawn to go to hypnotherapy school and got trained in in all sorts of wonderful um, guided imagery work and past life regression and neurolinguistic programming and, you know, 12 other things. And suddenly in August of 2009, heard in my head these words, wasn't my ego, saying, look into the Akashic Records again, find a new teacher. And I had not seen anyone teach in Los Angeles. The lady I had learned from didn't live here and came to L.A. for that weekend and never came back as far as I know. And so I said, okay, I will. And the next day I got an email from Linda's publisher that her book, 
which had been published only four months before, was on sale. Hmm. It would not have been available to me sooner than that year, and suddenly it was on sale. So it's like, that was easy. <laughs> Just checked my email, new teacher, and went on from there to spend a year in her advanced teacher's training and get ready to help be tour guide and teacher for others to, to connect with their records, and then it's a relationship between them and their records. So, um, you know, it kind of goes around like that. And for me, my experiences have been profound. I'll share two of them that have happened uh, personally. One was when my husband, Glenn, who's a profound uh, teacher of Native American and indigenous spirituality works, uh, broke his leg about a year and a half ago. He was 70 years old, or almost 70 years old, and he went up on a ladder to trim the, a tree branch for our next-door neighbor who had a branch hanging over their driveway. And the son of the neighbor came by to, to borrow his chainsaw and had had a few beers and had never used one before. So Glenn was not going to load into our chainsaw and have him cut off his arm accidentally. So he said, I'll do it, went up on a ladder, cut the limb, the, did not take all the precautions he could have because he was in a little bit of a rush and just didn't think. The limb moved once he cut the branch, and he fell onto the concrete in the street and broke his leg. Bad lunch. I had no idea this was happening at the time. He didn't ask me. He just went and did it. <clears throat> so went out there, you know, when the neighbor came and said, Glenn's had an accident, and the ambulance was on its way and all of this. And, I, and everything had been going so well in our lives. Things were peaceful. I like when things are boring and peaceful. That means everything's going well. This was like, oh, no, this, in, this interrupts everything, right? So I was pissed. And why did he do that? He should have known better, you know, all that good stuff. And then I said, okay, why did I create this? All my fault, the new age guilt. And I went into my records, and what I got was this was, this was impacting me, but not about me. And I didn't create it in that way. And there was a bigger purpose to this. In Glenn's uh, Native American sweat lodge community, he works with um, youth, at-risk youth, and returning veterans and gang members and people in recovery and does sweat lodge ceremonies and other ceremonial work for them, with them, to help them heal and and ground and do what they need to do and release PTSD and, and addictions and things through that process. And the community needed to step up so that he didn't have to do so much work because at his age he was doing all the work to prepare for the sweat lodges and all of this with a few helpers, and everybody needed to step up. So he had to be put in a wheelchair so they would. It had to be that visual. It was profound. It's exactly what happened. The community shifted. Everybody took care of him so he could be the hub of the wheel. And the elder and the counselor and the teacher and everybody else stepped in and became leaders. It was profound. And I got that Glenn and I had been together in a past life, which I'd always felt in ancient China as one of them. We've had many. We're in each other's soul group. And there were many people in the soul groups, according to the records work. He's one of mine. And 
our life had been cut short. We were, we, he was a warrior. I was in a noble family. We were going to have a lovely life together. He got killed. This lifetime, the records told me, I had the privilege of taking care of him with his broken leg at 70 years old. We were having a lovely long life together. What a privilege I had to take care of him. Shifted, didn't make me less angry, but shifted how I was being big time. So I could let go of that and I could take care of him and not feel that what he did shouldn't have happened and derailed me. But for a couple of months, I had to drive him to doctors and, you know, he was stuck in bed with his broken leg and all this stuff until he could, you know, walk a bit and on crutches and then drive. And once he could drive, everything went back to normal and he healed exceptionally fast. Everyone's prayers made a huge difference, and he did all the things the doctors said. And I got to go back to my stuff, and more opportunities came in, even though things had been on pause. I didn't lose anything, which is what it felt like was happening to me from the outside. I just took a detour and had the privilege of caring for him. It was profound, because I had to look at it as that privilege, and I only got that in my records, didn't get it in my daily life. So that's one example where that little insight made all the difference. Yeah, lots of insights into that as well. Uh, I'm not going to interrupt. Are there other examples that come to mind? I think this is well, very one, helpful. Well, one, one that's coming up now, and I'll share this briefly because it's still in progress and, and is um, uh, personal. My daughter is uh, our only daughter, who's our greatest teacher, adore her, is uh, pregnant with twins in Montana. We're in Congratulations. Los Thank you. I'm going to become a grandmom of grand twins soon. And I'm looking into grandparenting from an Akashic perspective. I'm probably going to write about Akashic grandparenting because I've, I have, I've done some exploration in my records about my relationship with these two little souls. And I've been with them before in profound relationships in previous lives, different lives for each of them, very interesting. Uh, which I won't touch on, but it gave me that direct connection that was very interesting to notice. So I'm going to be relating to them, you know, as these two souls that I already know. They're definitely part of my soul group. And they're going to be in these little tiny infant spacesuits is how I think of it, you know, coming back here to grow some more and become go through the infant and baby and teen years and all of that. And my relationships with them as a grandparent is very different than my relationships were with them in the past lives I've explored through past life regression work and and my records but my daughter's having a high-risk pregnancy and she's very healthy and we weren't you know i immediately went in my records when this came up of why is this happening you know are the babies going to be able to come full term and survive and all and what i got is that this is a bonding experience at a profound level for her, her husband, who is just amazingly fabulous. They are both emergency room nurses in Montana and the kind of people you'd want to have in the emergency room if you wind up there. And they're going to be amazing parents, and they're going to be the best parents in the world for these two little souls. And this was to help her learn to do nothing because she's a very active young woman and maybe get some rest and bond with these babies at a much higher level even, as is her husband, than if everything had just gone, you know, easily, which is not unusual with twins. There are often wrinkles that come up. This was just an unexpected one because she has to be on bed rest. And for her, bed rest is like 
deaf, you know, doing nothing. <laughs> this is not a girl. Since she came out of me 34 and a half years ago, she has never not done something all the time. Active girl, bicycling by herself down the coast of, of South America for six months. She does those kind of travel things. She's a big world mm-hmm. traveler. And lying on her back so these babies can cook properly for months, a couple of months at a time is so unlike her. And that's what she's needing to do. And all is going well, interestingly. And I was told in my records everything would be fine. And the babies are teaching her patience and giving her some rest because once they get here, she's going to be busy. So that's how I look at it. And it let me let go of the worry and concern in a way that nothing else could have. And even the insights I got into my past life connections with them did not give me that. But going in the records and asking about, you know, what's causing this? What's the good in this? Which is Linda Howe's most profound question in her work, and I share it happily with people because you can ask this of yourself at any time. What's the good in this thing when it seems like there is no good at all? Because there is always good in it. And the good was it's giving her patience. It's bonding us all together. We are literally day by day, you know, making sure these babies get healthy and come out when they're supposed to and in the way they're supposed to. It's going to be just fine. And however it is will be just fine. And however they will be will be just fine. There won't be anything wrong. And they will be so loved and cared for and supported by everybody in the family and the extended community, even more than if everything had gone easily. So that's where the records have been helpful for me. I had an experience once when I was doing a reading for someone that uh, on, on radio, so it was very quick to the point, um, where yeah. called she said, I'm thinking of making a change in my life. What did the Akashic Records say? And that's all she said. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it, didn't, it didn't baffle me at all, you know, which is amazing to me because usually I would like a whole lot more background information as a psychologist. But as an Akashic Records reader, it just, it, none, of, none of the background is really relevant to a reader from my point of view. And I went into her records really quickly, and I said, well, the first book uh, available to me about you is that you are an organizer and administrator, and that your primary gift to what is going on around you and what you want to do is that you will always lead and organize people in a way that's very administratively oriented. So it looks like that is a very strong path for you to proceed upon. She stops, she goes, Oh, darn. I'm an administrator right now, and I organize people's lives, and I'm really tired of it. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I had to laugh and go, hmm, it's an interesting book to pull off of a shelf for someone who is saying, I want something new, I want something different. Well, the, the reading went on, uh, but I'm not going to detail it because it's really not pertinent. I just kind of bring that up to uh, to illustrate what it's like to read for someone else um, and it sounds like you open up a much more intimate a good dialogue with someone when you're reading for someone else. So what's an example of the process and the event that you think you can share about someone else that, again, preserves the confidentiality but gives individuals a feeling for what it would be like to have you read for them? Uh, I did a reading with someone several years ago who is a counselor, works with a lot of different people, and had a health issue that no matter what he did to help 
relieve it, and he knew a lot of alternative practitioners he had worked with, it didn't quite go away. And we went into his records to ask about why. And he had had an injury in this life that shifted him from doing one thing that he had loved doing when he was younger to what he was doing now, which he was really brilliant at and loved doing, but still felt regretful that he couldn't do what he did before. And a little bit that it was unfair that he'd had that injury and, you know, it, it changed what he had to, what he could do physically. So what I got in his records was that this is a pattern of his, the, the unfair, and that having had that injury in this lifetime, he was a very safe space for people who also were dealing with that kind of issue of having to switch gears when maybe it wasn't their, their um, personality's choice. Personality is what I think of as the term for this lifetime. It says at the soul level, we have all our personalities in the thread of our soul, which is part of the big tapestry of all the souls. But it's this lifetime is the personality versus the ego. It's my personality is this going on. So he's a good person for people dealing with that issue to work with because he knows it in his bones. He went through it. And he's a counselor of sorts. So that was very important for him to be a safe space for it. But he still you know, wished he'd been able to do what he started out doing, which was more physical. And we got also that there was a past life influence, that he had been a knight in a past life and had a beautiful maiden who was going to be there when he got home and they could live their happy life together with, you know, family money and all this. And he went off to the Crusades and he got killed. He literally got cut in half by one of the, and I saw it because I, I get little YouTube videos or pictures in the records as well as hearing and feeling things. That's my process. And one of those big kind of Turkish rounded scimitar blades, and he got cut in half while wearing his, his armor. And he had a pain around his waist that wouldn't go away from the injury. And this was decades later, and it was still lingering, just annoying. And so, and that night, because we work, with, we dialogue with the past life in the, the um, pathway prayer process work, we can dialogue with the past life and find out what happened to it and what it can share with the current life that can be helpful for both, that can be helpful for the current life, as well as shift the energy we don't rewrite the past. There's no reason to, but we can shift the energy so that residue isn't making things sticky or stopping the flow of forward movement which it, or slow it down, which it sometimes does to get our attention so we can heal that issue and resolve and evolve it in this lifetime is how I think of it, healing, resolving, and evolving it. And I got that I, to lead him through a little hypnosis process with the records open, which I do often now, can blend modalities within the environment of the records, which is a safe, big, supportive space for some of these other great tools to do their work as well. And I guided him to sew his past life back together. So his current life, like imagine sewing that, that knight in shining armor with a big, long steel blade and steel thread back together, and he did. And he said there was a profound physical shift afterwards and I know he's now doing work that he's much happier with and really an expert at in the areas that deal with the 
the effects of what people sometimes do when they feel life is unfair and, um, you know, doing some addiction counseling and things like that. And he's really expert at it, and it just opened up some things for him to step into that more without changing anything from the past but shifting that energy through that little exercise in the records. It was profound. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about what method... Can I ask you a question? I'm curious about what method you use, if if you might (laughs) wish to share that. Oh, and 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 if we do have time, I will absolutely share that with you. But I'm so in, we have you, and I don't always have okay. you. I always have me. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does, and thank you. But I'm and I want the now. listeners we'll to absorb you. But I would, you know, I absolutely would love to be able to share that with you and others. Um, but you know, over and over, what I hear you say, and definitely com- comparable to my own experiences, is that a person going into their Akashic records can transcend that sense of of time limited to this current life uh, uh, perception. It can transcend that sense of space, which is also related to time, space, 3D here, transcend that sense, transcend that sense of death. And um, that suddenly you're also catapulted into purposefulness and meaningfulness. And I know many people just kind of chronically feel uh, at float, unanchored into any sense of purpose and meaning. And so I'll go in a little bit of my my process leading into a question to you. Thank you. Uh, when I, one of the Akashic records that I did was uh, on, I was just exploring the Akashic records. I just was saying, okay, fine, here, let's go. <laughs> Roll journey. Nothing purposefully uh, uh, c- causing me to catapult myself into the moment. And what I got out of that experience was so profoundly about my meaning and purpose in this life, here and now, in this time, in this age. And while I had been walking my purpose in my life for you know, decades, I've been a psychologist for 37 years, and I love my work with every fiber of my bones. I love the opportunities to work with individuals and see them, see them come alive even more so in their own existence. I had never really grasped the intensity of the purpose and meaning in an, a beyond cosmic point of view. And when I did this kind of general exploration, I suddenly was flooded with this information about my purpose and my meaning associated to this current life. It was so profound, so multifaceted, so overwhelming, that when I came out of that, I, for days, was kind of in like a a download shock. (laughs) You know, really? Wow. And everything since that time, I perceive quite differently, um, even though my outward manifestation may be similar. And I'm just wondering how often, you know, I just think the Akashic Records is such an avenue for meaning and purpose uh, clarity. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm hearing you also say that over and over in the different stories you've written. What's the point of this? What's the meaning of this? And then being given that sense and that meaning, again, having a a very life-altering shift. What do you think about that experience people have with the Akashic? Oh, absolutely. And you said it brilliantly and it is getting a sense of meaning and purpose and it's not just about this life i've i've come to live from a multiple lifetime perspective and i get you know from my work with the records and my hope for humanity is that that's really where we're going that's part of the consciousness evolution shift if we all lived with a multiple lifetime perspective it would be very different in the world because we lived on every continent 
in every religion, every color, every gender, through every era, in one form or another, even if we had many, many short lives, which is what was more common for people in past generations, partly because of the way the planet was and medical issues and survival needs. And this lifetime we are living two and maybe three lifetimes in one body. We may not have to keep dying and coming back and going through the infant, baby, teenage years to get into the adult years every single time anymore. We go from one phase to another phase to another phase in one body, and we bring forward our gifts and talents in two new ways of using them. Like your administrator, those skills that person had have many places they can be used, and if she's bored with the current job, they're still her gifts and talents, and yours are yours, and mine are mine, and we can use them in many places and ways. And getting a sense of that is profound, and being able to live from that perspective is profound. And as we get older, I'm in my 60s now and love it, I can see those patterns differently because i got some decades behind me and I can see the patterns. And I also know that I'm shaping and writing what's next every moment of every day, what's in the future in this lifetime and beyond, at least this is how I look at it and get from my record, is potential. Deepak Chopra talks about that. Other people talk about that. It's potential. It's based on what's got us here. And that shift in perspective you're talking about can open more potentials. Uh, One of my favorite movies that's a depiction of the Akashic Records where they never mention them at all, but they do have a library, is the Adjustment Bureau. I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. seen it, but it's a perfect... Oh, yes, I have. I was mesmerized by it. Yes. Yes. And the maps they had, you make one little change in an action or choice, and the map for the future changes. The past doesn't, but the future can. New potentials. Walk down a different street. Do a different thing. All of that is how it it kind of flows in my estimation. So we're getting a soul's point of view while being human. I've written an article about that, in fact, that's free. People can get it on my website called Living on Earth from the Soul's Point of View. And it Mm -hmm. is like being in stereo, and it is like having multiple lifetime perspectives because what's going on in my life now is the convergence and culmination of everything my soul has done before in this life and previous and I am in my soul's best first choice. I love how Linda Howe talks about that. We're talking about that in the Healing Through the Akashic Records weekend. Um, and also how everything is whole, complete, and good at the Akashic level. There is nothing missing, missed out on, needs retrieving or rewiring or rewriting. And when we can look at things from that perspective, the challenges become the sand in our oyster so we can get the pearl. They're not so painful. They help us get the pearl. They're our catalyst and our, our, um, our, 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 our tools, and things shift. I also want to mention, if I can, I know we're, we're nearly done with our time, is oh, that no. I'll be doing an intro evening on the Friday night of that um, Healing Through the Akashic Records weekend. I have a few people who can only come Friday night, so that's available for people who want to meet their records get the rules of the road and the keys to the car and drive around the block a few times, and then they can work in their records on their own. They can come just for the one evening, and if they want to do the whole weekend, that's included. So you meet your records, and then for those who want to do that more deep inner work and and come into what Linda talks about is the ascension matrix, that sense of ascendedness while 
in a human body because we don't want to get out of here. This is a fun place to be, and it becomes more so when we can have that soul's point of view while living in this life on this planet. And the end of that weekend's work on Sunday, we're ready to, to shift into that from the work we do Saturday and Sunday morning. So it's a, a, an I intro evening Friday and then more over the weekend for those who want to go further. Beautiful. And I see that that's Friday, the April 25th, 2014. I keep saying the year because this radio show is listened to for years and years in the future. Barbara, you can be reached at 818-415-3479. I mentioned that because that's the phone registration that you give on the bottom of this record. And that also, people, you can find out more about all the classes. She's very good at maintaining accessibility through classes. And you can contact her through meetup.com forward slash Akashic LA forward slash events. And also you do online work as well. Is that correct, Barbara? I do. I do phone readings with people and Skype readings. And I also have two e-courses, not about the Akashic Records, but work that my Akashic Records have helped me create um, on using the four elements to energize your life is one, and on the art and science of taking leaps and faith is the other, and they're both on dailyohm.com as e-courses. They're the price of a book, and they're very fun, and they have information, exercises, guided imagery embedded in MP3s, and lots of other tools you can work with. Much of this is accessible through your website on yourlifeandsoul.com, yourlifeandsoul.com, spelled out just as it is. And you'll be able to, uh, there's so many links on her site. It's a, very, uh, it's a wonderful website. Get a lot of information, a lot of links. You'll be able to find out more all about your Kashuk record. Okay, a final question. I want to know about what you think about the guardians of the Akashic records. Well, the way I interface with them through Linda Howe's work is there's the lords of the records that protect the integrity of the records, and then there's what Linda terms the masters, teachers, and loved ones, which are what I think of as the Akashic team. And the masters are our administrators keeping track of stuff. The teachers are like the adjusters in the Adjustment Bureau, but much more compassionate. And they help bring the opportunities and challenges into our life so we can evolve. And if we say no to one or skip one, it comes around again differently, but it's not like we miss out. And then the loved ones are the energy of our soul group, our cheerleaders. And the records love us. I I feel sometimes people, once they connect with the records, either through a reading or learning how to do it for themselves, they don't feel alone anymore. Because we're not. Your soul is always with you from your first breath to your last and before and beyond, even more than your mother (laughs) would have been. She was there when you got born, but not always there the rest of the time. And your soul is always there. Barbara, last pissy words. What would you like to share? Just for people to enjoy their lives and by doing so know that they're evolving their lifetime and their souls. Working in our lives is the best way for us to to help ourselves and also help others and help this planet and our consciousness evolve. And I think that's what we're all doing, whether we think so or not. And it's exactly where we're supposed to be. Beautiful. Barbara Schiffman, thank you so much for joining us and teaching us more about the Akashic Records. Individuals, I encourage you to find more about who you are 
why you're here and where you're going. Thank you, Dr. Carol Francis. Dr. Carol Francis Talk Radio. Mm-hmm.